TL Talk Radio Season 4, Episode 16. Welcome to Episode 4, Season 16 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funyhatton and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funyhatton. So today we're really excited to talk with Jennifer Wolf, who's done some significant work in um, open education resources. And for our listeners, last week uh, you heard us talk with Grant Lickman and his levers to move the rock. One of his levers deals with open education resources. So it's great to be able to connect those two conversations. A little bit about Jennifer before we get started. Jennifer Wolf is a partner at the Learning Accelerator a national nonprofit acting as a catalyst to transform American K-12 education through blended learning on a national scale. She's a former CEO and experienced strategic advisor who brings more than 20 years of experience to education organizations to help strengthen their strategic planning, program design, partnerships, marketing, and communications. Jennifer's work at the Learning Accelerator focuses on social engagement, partnerships, and open education resources. She led the K-12 OER Collaborative, a multi-state project which evolved in open-up resources. Jennifer began her career as an attorney with Latham and Wake Watkins. She graduated cum laude uh, from Washington University in St. Louis and received her law degree with honors from New York University School of Law. Jennifer lives in Mill Valley, California, and enjoys spending time with her husband and three children. They love to travel, try new restaurants, and enjoy all types of outdoor activities, especially hiking with their dog. So welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, We're excited to to talk about your work at the Learning Accelerator, but also to push the conversation into open educational resources as well. So to kick off our conversation today, tell us a little bit about what you do at Learning Accelerator. Well, at the Learning Accelerator, um, as was mentioned at the top of the show, our mission is really to transform K-12 education by accelerating the implementation of high-quality blended learning in school districts across America. And this is tied in with our vision, which is where we envision a future in which each child in America receives an effective, equitable, and engaging education that's personalized, informed by data, and mastery-based, enabling them to reach their full potential. Um, So that's sort of, that's the guiding light of our work at the Learning Accelerator, and we see open education resources sort of fitting into that paradigm, which we'll be talking about in the conversation today. In terms of our overall work, we're we're really trying to help provide school leaders and educators with the resources that they need to transform their schools. And so we recently relaunched our platform, which is um, blended and personalized learning at work where you can find resources on a variety of topics around blended learning and personalization um, that can sort of help. We delve deep into school models and and, uh, create strategies and videos for other educators and school leaders to see what this looks like in action. Could you share with us possibly an example of uh, one of the schools that you've been working on in this transformation process? Absolutely. Um, well, we, one of the schools that we um, have highlighted is uh, Lindsay High School, which is part of mm. Lindsay Unified School District, um, which is a uh, rural school district and sort of in the Central Valley of California, which is a, I think, almost 100% free and reduced lunch community, uh, traditionally underserved 
a lot of English language learners and they have uh, gone about a complete transformation of their school model, which started with, I think about seven or eight years ago, actually bringing the community in and engaging in a strategic planning process to understand why were they not better preparing their students for college and career and what could be done differently. And what was really unique and part of why we wanted to profile that school model was how the community came together, identified what they wanted, and then really worked together on a path of really rethinking what the high school experience looked like. And they have competency-based software that they've developed um, that the students use in order to track their progress and have a very clear set of learning objectives and a lot of support for English language learners. So there were a lot of pieces of sort of our blended learning paradigm in place that we wanted to highlight. And it's ironic you're connecting with Lindsay uh, Unified because we, on our other podcast, shiftyourparadigm.org, have um, recently talked with them and we have an episode with them coming up because we are also very interested in some of the transformational activities they've done and how they're able to um, create more opportunities for agency in their organization. Absolutely. So, um, yes. And we do, in terms of Lindsay and all of our school models, for almost all of the schools, we have resources. If you search on our site for student agency, we have examples of where educators are pushing towards more student agency in their classrooms, whether they be elementary, middle, or high school level. We'll have to check some of those out and link them in our show notes. So part of your mission with Learning Accelerator, you shared already, is to share out those open education resources. Talk to us a little bit about why you're so passionate about LEI. Why have you made this your work or a significant portion of your work? Well, I think that um, part of what's exciting about open education resources is just the overall philosophy that um, knowledge should be shared as opposed to hiding behind sometimes the traditional notion of copyright behind a paywall where everyone sort of owns their knowledge and you have to pay. So it's a really different paradigm of thinking about how we all um, share what we know. So that's part of it. Mm -hmm. The other piece of it is um, from an equity perspective, which an equity is a thread that runs through all of our work at TLA in that because OER uh, traditionally are free or much lower cost for districts to use, um, it becomes, there's a more, it, there is more equitable access to the instructional material. So you don't have to be able to fund in your district a $100 textbook mm -hmm. per student. Many districts don't have those funds, so they're using very old materials, whereas OER are generally free and openly available to use. Plus the fact that educators can personalize them for their students, and even students can work to personalize them for their learning pathways, which you know, ties back with agency. So in terms of the equity, the personalization, um, and just the, the ability to um, really own the materials in a different kind of way for students are, are some of the reasons we're excited about mm -hmm. OER. And I don't know, if for your readers who are, I mean, your listeners who are less familiar with um, open education resources, um, I'm happy to just clarify that they are um, you know, teaching, learning, and research, research resources that reside in the public domain and are generally released under a different type of intellectual property license, often under the Creative Commons licenses, which is a different scheme from traditional copyright. And that permits their free use and repurposing by others. And that can include full courses, you know, modules, videos, lot, lots of all the different kind of educational tools we think about. Um, all of those types can be released as, as OER. So uh, here in Salisbury, while we might not um, have an intentional focus on using OER resources, 
This is definitely something that's coming a little bit closer to the center uh, of our radar and something that we want to focus um, a lot more on. And we know that there are similar districts out there that are intrigued and interested um, by, with this idea of open educational resources. So what would you say are some of your favorite go-to places? Where would you suggest uh, we sort of the on-ramp of, of learning about these uh, materials and being able to find them and locate them? Well, there's a couple of really good resources and, and partially it depends what you're looking for. I would say if you're a district looking to replace the old sort of in whole, like your core curriculum materials with open education resources and a terrific place to go is open up resources. That is an organization that evolved out of a uh, 12 state collaborative that I um, was a project leader for called the K-12 OER Collaborative. They are creating uh, full course uh, OER in ELA and math. Uh, and they're working with very high quality providers and, and some of the uh, features have to do with um, very close alignment to standards, particularly some of the newer state standards that have come out and um, obviously being low cost and very engaging. For example, the middle school math was created by Illustrative Mathematics, which was founded by one of the creators of the Common Core State Standards in Math. And that this is the first year that the materials are being in use by districts. And from what I hear, um, districts are just thrilled with the quality and the engagement uh, for the students. So that's a really great new option. If you're looking for something that is a little more um, supplemental to support uh, your core materials, some great places to look would be OER Commons has a very robust uh, library of open education resources that you can search by topic and by standard and learning objective. Uh, Guru, which is G-O-O-R-U, is another great site uh, in terms of quality open education resources. Uh, and one more that I like is CK-12. That tends, tends to have a little bit more focus for um, the STEM fields and offer both kind of full flex textbooks as well as individual lessons. So those will all give you a pretty rich set of supplemental. Um, there's another really exciting tool that's coming on board it, out of uh, Middletown in New York called the Learning Path. And in fact, I recently wrote a snapshot, which we can include for your listeners if they're interested in reading about. And that is a new tool um, where against learning objectives that were set out by the, the teams of district educators um, in a variety of courses, there are um, open education resources aligned to each learning objective. And it's also very personalized. So there's built-in formative assessments. And if it's shown that your results, you need a little additional support, you go one way. And if you are already really mastering the material, you'll get some more advanced resources. So it, it, it's adding in a level of personalization in, in addition to the OER. And that tool will be available for more districts, hopefully next year. And um, I think it's a great, uh, evolution of, of OER in combined with personalized learning to create a tool that sort of serves multi-purposes and um, the students and teachers seem very excited about it. So great to have all those resources. Um, we are linking them in the show notes so our listeners uh, can go back to those and check them out when they have the opportunity. Lynn is typing. I am making sure that I got, got all of them because I, I haven't heard of Guru before so I'm interested in checking that one out. 
Great. Well, there is a link that we I think I put in that you can add um, where, where we did a um, just sort of cultivated our favorite OER mm -hmm. resources on the Learning Accelerator site. So yes, we have good. added that. We added that as well. So that gives everybody sort of a one stop shop. So um, thank you for sharing those. So what, are, what do you see as some of the barriers to effectively um, utilizing these resources? Well, I think traditionally um, some of the barriers have been around trust, which has been not necessarily knowing who the author of the materials are. And I think you know, educators, I think, often like to see materials that are created by other educators. And sometimes, when, as we all know, you can do a Google search and end up and not exactly know where it's coming from. So I think some of the places that I just mentioned, the resources are more thoroughly vetted. So I think that helps to... Uh, overcome that challenge, but I think that has been one that's been in place for a long time. I think another one has to do with familiarity and just they're in transitioning to any new type of instructional material. You, you need to take the time out to provide your teams of educators with professional development around what OERs are, how they're different, how you can evaluate them and how you can use them differently. Because I think as we all know, your educators are not used to, you can't take a textbook and start modifying the materials or, or you know making it local for your your local context or your particular students whereas oers offer that ability to modify and personalize for your context so um it's a super exciting feature but it's something that that educators need to get used to and mm -hmm. get training in in terms of of how that works and being able to modify but always making sure that you're keeping that standards alignment and your alignment with learning objectives so um, I think just that piece around making sure that there's training, um, because with anything, right, there's no free lunch. So even though the OER materials themselves are, are generally free, when you're thinking about transitioning, you have to incorporate um, some funding, making sure you keep that in for the professional development piece mm -hmm. so that they can be used effectively. So those would be, I think, some. I think sometimes districts, when they've made that transition, they're excited about the cost savings, but they mm -hmm. don't think about the importance to be used effectively. You still need sure. to offer the PD piece. Yep, still some uh, human resource as well, a financial resource if you're going to provide time and um, right. you know sub coverage or paying teachers to do some extra work. So good to highlight that as well. And one of the things that as we've worked on our own transformation here within the district is looking at learner agency as sort of the core of that. Once we understand that, a lot of the other pieces and beliefs about learning seem to fall in place. So how can an embracement of OER connect to this idea of learner agency and giving the learners more choice and more voice in the learning process? Well, I think if you think about a comparison with how traditional materials might be used with a set textbook and everyone's using the same materials, if you um, go with using OERs to, to um, learn some particular content, there's generally a, an amazing variety of choice in how you might do that in terms of whether you're looking at videos and depending how the learner is like their best manner for learning, if whether it's reading and taking notes, watching a video, there tends to be, there's so many available open, open education resources now, it provides the student with choice um, in how they want to, the, the what of their learning. And then in terms of the ability to, students can also make OERs better by adding their own modifications. I mean, how exciting when I think back to my days of school, I never had the opportunity 
to improve the instructional materials that my educator was using. But if used to their high, highest point and to help enable student agency, an educator can say, you know, use a particular OER, do some kind of formative assessment, and then as a class come together and say, how could this more effectively have helped us reach our learning objectives and work together to improve it and then, you know, re, not re-license it, but you can offer your own modification on whatever platform you're using. So it's pretty exciting opportunity for students to be able to have that kind of student voice in the materials they're learning from. Mm -hmm. Do you see where uh, the learners are actually during the doing the curating of the OER? I have not seen the actual curation of, but I could I could certainly envision that because within some of the platforms that I mentioned, such a choice. So you could either take from what's existing and build on it, or you could actually, um, you know, to, to take it to a further point, you could say to students you know, find the materials that you find most exciting and, and curate your own set of lessons. Um, how would you like to learn about that? And that could be a, a prime example of how you deliver more student agency and more personalization. Yeah, I'm thinking about how does that impact the research process with learners? Um, how does it even impact when learners share out their learning for someone else? So, you know, currently they might embed a video into a presentation. You know, how does... And the video is coming from one or two locations, maybe discovery streaming or, um, you know, uh, resources that we're providing them. So by opening right. opening up the possibilities, what could that look like? So I'm, I'm just sort of pondering that as you're, as you're talking. Yeah, I mean, how great for a student to, to already be an author of some of their own instruction materials that can be used for other students. So... You talked a little bit about making sure you understand the underlying cost, providing time, providing resources. What other suggestions might you make uh, to school leaders who want to support teachers and learners in using and accessing OER? Um, well, as I said, I mean, I think taking some time to invest in, in understanding the model and what it has to offer. I think it is still that trust piece is important. So if you're thinking about having educators use OER, you want to make sure that they're accessing quality materials. I think we, we all know the conundrum of teachers going out and Googling and getting you know, 1,014,000 you know, replies to that particular thing. And so there are many curated places to go. So I would just recommend to any district leader thinking about this to try and reduce the, the time. And I know that the tool I mentioned earlier, the learning path out of Middletown, New York, a big solution they were looking for was to help educators have a more curated, finite list of resources to choose from, as opposed to kind of reinventing the wheel and doing the Google search and not necessarily ending up with resources that strongly supported um, the learning objectives they were trying to teach their students. Well, you certainly piqued our interest around mm -hmm. OER and, and how it can fit into the whole work of transforming schools and uh, changing the way, helping to change the way that our learners learn in the classroom. Uh, so with your work at Learning Accelerator, what's next for Jennifer? Well, I'm continuing to think about the intersection of open education resources and more personalized learning environments. So I think when we started thinking about OER, we were thinking about it more as a, um, when we were looking at the whole ecosystem and the needs for system change, we thought, well, if we could reduce the cost of textbooks and have districts use OER, then we could use those funds for things like 
um, bandwidth and devices and um, some of the technology pieces. And now that so many of those pieces are in place, thinking about um, that there's there are these great quality options in OER on the marketplace now that have evolved over the last few years. And so how can those be used in the kinds of next gen blended learning classrooms that we're helping to catalyze at the learning accelerator. So I'm doing a lot of thinking and trying to learn about uh, how schools are thinking about using OER in those contexts. Um, and so that's next. I'm, I'm looking for some more districts to highlight. So if anyone out there is doing some interesting work with OERs um, in blended personalized classrooms, please send your ideas my way because we love to hear about what's happening on the ground in districts. And it, otherwise, we are working right now with the Teachers Guild, which is a division of IDEO, the design thinking firm on a personalized learning design challenge, which is really exciting. We're trying, the Teachers Guild tries to elevate the voice of educators and, and really honor um, their ideas and their creativity. So we are um, been asking for ideas and we're going to be excited to select some of the best ideas and, and, and share those out with the ecosystem around strategies, really around this question of student agency, like how can students have more choice in their learning and more authentic opportunities to demonstrate mastery. So hopefully uh, you can check that out. Uh, if maybe we can add that into the uh, show notes as a place for people to go if they're looking for some new great teacher originated ideas around um, student agency in classrooms. Yeah, terrific. So pushing the boundaries on OER, personalized learning, and this idea of learner-centered education. Uh, so lots of connections here today. Thank you for being here, Jennifer. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely appreciate your time and has given us something to think about, too, in our context. So thank you to Jennifer for joining us. And to learn more about her work in the show notes, you'll see a section, Explore Additional Resources. Uh, we link there the Learning Accelerator, um, also the advice for recommended OER resources. And even pulled out a few of those that Jennifer recommended, Open Up, OER Commons, Guru, and CK12. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking some conversation. This episode's question, how can OER support your school or district's vision for teaching and learning? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would like to comment or access the resources mentioned here, check out the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season four, episode 16. That's all for now. We'll be back soon with another episode featuring a conversation with another innovative thought leader. Thanks again, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for having me.